0: I first met Michael at a design thinking conference. I was sitting through the conference with the usual skepticism of someone who has attended hundreds of them. And then suddenly this skinny, stylish guy walks to the stage, rockabilly hair, goatee, a huge smile, and a casual approach that was rare to find in such occasions. And then he kicked off to his keynote, chicken soup, how refreshing. Finally, someone with a creative approach. What's striking about Michael is his optimism, energy, and his positive view of the future. His dedication to promote curiosity and creativity, and his authentic belief that everyone can be creative. I owe Michael a great deal of gratitude, as he was one of the first contributors of my book, Business Beyond Design, and he wrote one of the most meaningful reviews i have and as i got to know michael a little better i discovered that he has quite a cool collection of t-shirts my name is Gianluca Cinquepalmi you're listening to GSC live my podcast dedicated to business design I'm an educator, design entrepreneur, and best-selling author. In this show, I challenge designers, creatives, and entrepreneurs to unravel the complexities between business and design. In this episode, creativity and business, and the flavorful blend of business and design, with Michael Tam. Good morning, Michael. Ciao. <laughs> Good morning, Gianluca. So what does a chief creative catalyst do at IBM iX?
1: Ah, well, I got this question for me uh, almost every single day now, that, <laughs> since I got the title. Um, so basically, uh, I'm part of uh, IBM iX, um, which is the business design consulting arm of IBM. And um, we help uh, client transform the business. And my role is to put uh, the user at the center of everything that um business should consider um, put design as the main element to help elevate the business uh, the client's business and um, hopefully with the power of design we help them to find a new way out find a new future in the sense that now everyone is looking for big break big
0: break yeah absolutely so according to the 2015 design value index uh, which is a study design centric companies show 10 years returns yields basically Mm -hmm. 228 percent if we want to be exact more than the s p 500 Mm -hmm. so what does it mean to be a design-centric company and is is this what you do in ibm basically and so what is the first step for a company to become a design-centric company
1: well first of all i think i think it's great that now we actually have an index to to measure the impact of design um obviously the I think the market is maturing to a point. People recognize the, the the power of design. That's why you have an index. That's why people start uh, coming up with figures that could uh, um, help non-designers, business, to visualize the impact of of design. Um, I think a design-centric company is one that moves beyond looking at design as something that. Um, just to beautify a deck, uh, just to make a nice poster, or um, you know, in the old days, you know, designers probably just to focus on um, getting a, a more beautiful product or a, um, a a better advertising campaign out to the you know out of the door. Now, a good design-centric company means the designers uh, have a say, have an influence within the company. They are being Uh, sought after as a uh, consultant within the company, no matter you are part of a consultancy or part of an in-house design team. um, Their value are being, uh, um, their point of view are being highly valued within the company, which I think um, is gonna take some time. But I think the good thing is we all starting are taking the first few steps
0: so yeah. we are integrating design let's say within within the, yes. the initial concept of mm. of a product and asking questions like why this product should exist in the first place rather than hey we thought uh, that we need a new pot and mm. and and so okay yeah. you Michael designer just make design the new pot
1: exactly design is not just a um, just a single little cocks within a machine or single part or end uh, part a lot of the time in in in, in throughout history right it, it always come too late but now a design central company uh design uh the element of design the influence of design come from the beginning from it come from the core of the whole company's decisions and the fact is we're talking about the core is probably part of the whole structure it should be revolve around around that
0: as well, mm. it's also this huge change. Um, what we discuss several times in, in our long discussion yeah. at night, and and you know, in a previous episode, I talked about design thinking, mm. and my love and hate relationship with it.
1: <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> and, it. And I'm you are a master, the <laughs> here,
0: right? So you are a master design thinker, and so what's good about it? What's bad about it? and what is the one thing that an absolute novice should know mm. so um and and linking to the previous question is the fundamentals are are very important mm. and i noticed that not everyone understands the pillars of design thinking they mm. they think is this magic formula right that is yep. oh follow these five steps and you will be amazing <laughs> uh, and and is it like that is it a magic formula <laughs>
1: Ah, wow! Um, it is, and it is not. I, I, I loved how how you put it as a, as a magic formula. How you describe it because just like magic, you can go either way, right? If you take it the wrong way, is is completely useless. Uh, I think design thinking is great. It's a piece of magic when we look at it as a way to um, as a conversation starter, as a way how we can bridge what we as designers always has been practicing to non-designers allow them to understand how we think how we break pro- problems down how we place user at the center of everything that we think uh, we consider so i think in that sense it is a magic formula but the bad thing about it the same battle i've been fighting every single day is people take it too literally they think all right i follow the five steps then i'm done that you you get innovative ideas you know that is going to take you to the moon right no not necessary and it is not a workshop you can't just do a workshop do the five steps and then it's done it's not like that it is a mindset it is at the end of the day you you try to understand where the problem is why the problem exists with the user and that is the magic of design thinking. Yeah, I,
0: yeah. I, I had this discussion and one of my one of the controversies that I found out was it is represented as a, as a linear process mm-hmm. and is not. It's not a, a reiterative process, which was much more complicated, but this is the original version of it. Mm-hmm. That the one that was written by David Kelly and Tim yep. Brown in, in um, HBR was a reiterative process, mm. it was a circular process, which is much harder to make people wrap their head around it, it is. and so they
1: simplify it, but in, it in a the way step. they <laughs> oversimplify it, was like,
0: oh, okay, let's make it
1: the five step. Well, which is why at IBM, we also try to find our ways to uh, take it to the next level. Um, which is why we have enterprises on thinking. We our approach slightly different. We turn it into a loop as a simple, as a kind of a cornerstone of that mindset. Allow help hopefully help people to visualize it is not just the five steps. You you gotta keep on going. You gotta come back to the beginning of it, you gotta observe about the user again and iterate again. So uh well, that we, we, we've been trying to measure the impact of it as well, and it uh, seems that like we're going on the right track, You know, delivering two times quicker in terms of uh, 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 results, in um, 300% of ROI in terms of um, right. the impact of, of enterprise design thinking. So I don't know, is that going to be the end or be all sort of solution? I don't think so. Just like everything is a prototype. So I think we are also still finding a lot of challenge to, to um, getting people to exercise design thinking in the right way
0: and i think ibm is a great example Mm. of how a company that started by basically selling machines Mm. No, uh ibm (laughs) right yes which is right in the right name yeah, (laughs) yeah So for the people that doesn't know, don't know, what's IBM stands for?
1: Uh, International Business Machine. Exactly. So and now we b- can't blame people for thinking we're selling machines.
0: <laughs> Which is great. And yep. the, and then through the years, IBM transformed itself mm. and it became truly a consultant. And mm. they understood that, yes, selling the machine was an important component, but then mm. they, they morphed. Mm. And, and this is the answers of of creativity in business right yes so yes. you are a great uh, evangelist and um i i always say that creativity comes from constraints and mm-hmm. probably like a huge corporation like ibm faced this like okay now we are producing these products but we really need to change mm-hmm. and and to that scale change is super scary
1: yes uh, people, people are scared of change right it's yeah. in our human nature and I think it's important that we mind them that um, embracing that change is part of creativity. And that's why I always believe, um, you know, everyone can be creative, but you need to take a step yes. at it, right? And, and you need to take that first step, take that leap of faith. And that is the hardest thing to do, to instill that, um, I guess, that comfort uh, for people to take that leap. And I take, I take that as part of my job as a creative catalyst to help people to open their mind a little bit on that.
0: So you remember that when I asked you uh, a long time ago and I asked you to write this review, you told me something that really struck a chord. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember. We were. I mean. <laughs> you, you told me, you need to find your signature sentence.
1: Oh, yes. you remember? Yes. yes. A- yes. And I found yes. it. Okay.
0: So uh, yeah. I always say business historically is implemented and design is discovered. Ah.
1: Uh-huh so that's nice yeah, and, yeah. and I think
0: this links to yeah. to what we were saying mm-hmm. like you need to take that approach of discovery yes. because it's it, the hard part is when you implement something you know when you implement a business it means that the puzzle pieces are known mm-hmm. while when you are discovering something the path and the result is unknown mm-hmm. and that's scary no and uh, but it's okay so when i was consulting uh, and and doing the same job and trying to to convince ceo to take this leap of faith i said do you want to be an explorer do you want to be a discoverer right Mm -hmm. and and i think that that's very uh interesting because it, it, it 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 pinches a little bit of an ego that everybody was like, ah, I do want to be, you know, mm-hmm. and discover or, or this uh, navigating these new ways. Uh, and
1: I I, I I think it's funny how how we when we position discovery as if as something that we looking outwards, right? People think about results and they try to say, all right, let you take a leap of faith. You become a, a explorer looking outwards, look finding solutions. But a lot of the time for business, especially in business design, um, that that discovery comes inwards. You gotta look back into why are you doing this? You know, what's driving you? What's the cause of the business? Then that's where the authentic creativity comes out. And then you find new solutions because you find new ways to represent your brand, your business. And then like you said, then your business revolves around that and you start executing it, start delivering it. And maybe that's one way to go, you know, give people comfort that that you don't need to start looking out Outwards. to that the, the unknown territory is in inside is inwards
0: but sometimes the in the inner if you ask anyone who's like oh tell me about your true inner secret <laughs> and see
1: how that plays out it is it's true it is it, true it's hard it's, it's discovery is always hard it's always, always so Michael, hard. I, I think you might have a framework for uh, helping us yeah, to find that <laughs> sometimes chicken soup okay how's business and creativity related to chicken soup um I'm so glad first of all you remember that uh conversation, that presentation. It. I love um it. <laughs> it's probably one of my best one, I have to say. I still come across people who, who, who remember that that uh presentation and ask me about this chicken soup. I think I use the chicken soup analogy is um similar to what I just said about looking inwards. Is 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 um you You know, with a chicken soup, it gives you that kind of sense of calm, sense of uh, uh, mindfulness. And I think for designers, it's very important, especially for business designers, because um, the business world we face, particularly for IBM, our clients, enterprise client, there are so many noise all around them. You know, what they should be doing, how the market trend is going, what everyone else is doing, all this kind of noise block them from looking inwards and you know, finding what they should truly stand for. So I think um, having that chicken soup, finding their own mindfulness, trying to block out all the noise and then really assess and prioritize what the business needs, what is the real challenge that they're facing and what they really should be focused on is the chicken soup for business. So that's where it all sort of came from, of, although came from more of a personal sort of uh, approach. That's I think that's I'm awesome. So yeah. I would like
0: our audience to take a break. Go on the website, live, if you will, and download the template of this small exercise about creative thinking and inward thinking that is called, I call it the time machine. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can have a small pause on this discussion, download the framework, and then come back, and we will do this small exercise with Michael.
1: This interlude is sponsored by glc.live. Please visit glc.live. That's g-l-c dot or Golf Lima, Charlie Lima, India, Victor Eco, or good lies can live in valleys everywhere. Oh, and one more thing. Don't forget to download the worksheets for this episode. Bye.
0: So Michael, let's find an interesting problem okay that we could something simple that our audience can follow
1: okay uh, let me think um well you mentioned about my t-shirts <laughs> is it an addiction Mike uh I, I haven't gone to that part <laughs> that, that that level yet uh, I haven't spent a lot <laughs> because I the, okay I tell you the reason I have not spent a lot on t-shirts is because I struggle to find T-shirts that really represent who I am. So I'm really picky. So I actually don't have that many T-shirts. Don't, you know, I, I'm not sure if the audience, when you mention about my, my T-shirts, they, they might visualize <laughs> that I have a whole corset of, of you know, different retro T-shirts. No, it's not like I, that. I think I, I do. I think I do. <laughs> you do? Okay. No, 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 no. Well, the, the fact is, no, the, no, 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 I don't. I, it's, it's because the challenge is to finding a good T-shirt that represent you. I think that's my biggest challenge
0: okay so let's say that that's that's our framework right our mm. problem statement is finding a t-shirt that truly represents you mm. right so let's do it let's do it so there are three simple questions and then we are going to do another small exercise that is uh, reframing the challenge right mm-hmm. so how do okay. we reframe this idea of of finding this T-shirt? so if you are the target so how are you acting now and and how are you solving your problem okay. today
1: today okay um well i i guess first of all i always trying to pay, pay attention to what's out there uh, i'll be looking online um probably browse hashtag and cool t-shirts <laughs> um what else do i do uh, um probably go to You know the 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 typical popular stores where where you they say graphic tees or retro tees or um, look up uh, cool websites like you know movie websites like oh the Avengers and you know what are the latest offering and uh, oh recently I've been watching uh, or not quite recently but uh, Star Trek Discovery and then I start looking for discovery you know the cruel t-shirts and stuff like that so uh but i can't find anything cool so okay. that, that, that's okay. my ping pong
0: <laughs> so 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 far we did this initial analysis so this mm-hmm. is how you solve the problem yep. today now yep. if you were we we now take our time machine mm-hmm. we go back in time mm-hmm. and we say okay how would you have solved the problem 50
1: or one hundred years. Oh, ago. my God. There's no Internet. There How can we no survive without Internet? internet? Oh, there bad. is no hashtags. No hashtag. Oh, OK. <laughs> were there t-shirts 50 years ago? Yeah, there were t-shirts 50 years ago. No, hundred about 100 so. years ago. <laughs> OK, I think. Um, OK, we, we talk about finding clothings that represent yourself. Um, I think back in the days, people probably are restricted by the amount of uh, resources that they have, right? In terms of materials of uh, clothing, or, well, let's say there's T-shirts, um, you probably screen print everything. So um, maybe we could create a um, screen printing hobby club okay. together and uh, try to do one different uh, pattern every week.
0: All right. <laughs> and then
1: we exchange physically. <laughs> Um, that could be one way to solve that you know uh, and then I see other people's screen print patterns and then um, we might like it we might find that hey that rep- that pattern represent me um, another way we always do I think throughout time let's say 100 years ago right there's different trading ports around the world that's not a lot not a lot as nowadays but you have these trading ports and then you see um, garments um, design materials um, being shipped, you know, all, all around from all around the world, and then you see something that's different um, from another continent. Um, then you might find, hey, that represent me. And then you suddenly see in the streets of Shanghai suddenly someone wearing garments from I don't know Middle East or or Africa, beautiful patterns from Africa. So maybe that's that's how they used to do it. Yeah, back I, in the I days. was,
0: I w- I had an amazing experience in India and. Mm-hmm. I visited this Farsi mm-hmm. custom um, custom shop and they were doing this beautiful embroidery and the complexity of it. And they became very famous because they could customize everything. And the Farsis were the first from Middle East to move into China. Mm-hmm. And so their theme that is very popular even now in India is, is Chinese inspired because they were such masters that the emperors mm. will ask them to do this embroidery. So at the time, maybe even more than a hundred years to two hundred years ago, there was this customization idea, right? Mm. So if you have to uh, wear something that represents yourself, you would do it custom-made. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yep. okay, we have we have some points. So. <laughs> The next step of the time machine we went on in the past we are now going back to the future to the future <laughs> so how would you solve your problem wow okay 100 years from now
1: okay we, we need a time machine for sure for that <laughs> um 100 years from now okay um something that is nanotechnology different maybe okay cute so you, your your because you're, okay. if, if we, we think about people's um, human nature, right, we, we, we change all the time. So our, our authentic self could be changing all the time. So I think in 100 years from now, our mindset, our own self-identity could be changing every, I don't know, every second, every moment, every minute. So how do we represent that? We need something that is that could almost like shapeshifters that go along with our identity so if I walk in a club right now I need a darker t-shirt maybe that 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 with flowers and lights I don't know and mm-hmm. then my the, the, the nanotech oh I don't know it could be biotech as well okay that's now that's that's fun biotech so it's almost like um almost like the armor of black panther that you could just just use your mind to control nice. the pattern of it right and then I walk into a club it becomes dark like Black Panther and uh, go into the I know, um, uh, a retro club and then start suddenly turn into almost like a Captain America 50s outfit, you know, in a split second, just like that. So maybe that will really? be fun, right? That, that's the, your authentic self, but um, it change with your garment. I think that would be pretty cool. So I don't even need to go search for hashtag anymore 50 years from now, right? It just come to me as my mind shifts my clothing shifts my t-shirt shifts very interesting yeah okay so (laughs) thank
0: you so much this was amazing this is fun it's um what we have done in this small exercise is what we call a reframing a problem Mm -hmm. or as i like to say is reframing the challenge so it's let me spend one minute on on what does it mean to reframe the challenge as you we were discussing before um, we approach problems especially in business in only one dimension so we, we only see one thing very linear right it's very yeah. linear and so our ability when we talk about creativity in business is and this is how business designers or consultant could help a company is to have this shift right so to change this mindset what we have just done in this exercise is is. A reframing of a challenge. So, a, a classic example of reframing the challenge can be, okay, every every single CEO that I met was like, okay, increase sales, okay, that that's that, that sounds it. familiar. So sounds familiar. <laughs> we want to increase sales, and and reframing the challenge means shifting this question from, I'm um, increasing the sale, or you want to increase the profit margin, because at the end of the day. And when you ask this question, they suddenly go like, wait, yeah, no, I'm more interested in the profit margin than the sales. So we are refraining the challenge. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes we can do what we call an actionable reframe. This actionable reframe is uh, we want to increase sales versus, okay, let's find three actions that help us to increase sales, but also let's find three actions within our company that is actually reducing our ability to mm. to, to generate sales, yeah. you know, and, and is another way of reframing this this problem. So wrapping up, if we look at this very simple example, just the approach of what we call the time machine, we discovered what? We discovered that you have one dimension of research, which is basically you going outwards but when you start thinking about the past we figured out that maybe there is a sharing uh, economy that is would be interesting this customization part mm-hmm. starting a group yeah. right so and we used then, to have clubs we used to have clubs <laughs> so yeah, hobby club. maybe today we can have that right mm-hmm. if you if you start a movement and you say hey guys uh, by the way i can hook you up with my friends <laughs> Uh, t-shirt clubs? T-shirt clubs. <laughs> Let's do it. And uh, and then what you're saying here is also, you know, when we look at the future, what you're saying, changeable, mm-hmm. you no, know, customizable, something that reflects your personality. Now, we are not there yet, but this shows what? This shows a need for you. They're saying, okay, I need to have a collection of T-shirts that in a different moment of mm-hmm. the day represents me in a different way. So for example, if I had to, uh, in this example, let's say I'm, I'm consulting you, right? Mm-hmm. And and you are the t-shirt, you are trying to make this business. I would say, okay, why don't you do a package, right? You know, you only sell three t-shirts. It's nothing mm-hmm. innovative, but then you can say morning, afternoon, and yep. night. So you only sell packages and, and you, yep. you you can customize whatever you want, but this comes into this formula, right? Yeah. So now what we achieved is with the simple problem, I don't find T-shirt or I want to find T-shirts that represent myself. We mm. have so many dimensions. Just by thinking about the problem in a new way.
1: I, I think I think it's really beautiful that um, your time machine exercise, um, like you said, it, it, the reframing, um, of the problem. You're looking at the problem from different perspective, and then you start to discover a lot more things, right? Looking at the future, we actually discover the fact that people have multiple identities. And maybe it, it's probably we don't need to wait for another fifty hundred years because before we recognize that people, these multiple identities are shifting every single moment. It is actually quite true nowadays as well. People have multiple IG accounts, <laughs> yes. right? So it's the same thing. We have multiple identities. How we, because of this insight, how, like you said, how we can repackage your product, your solution in a sense that answer to those needs. Um, yeah, package at three <laughs> morning, you know, af- afternoon, and you know, like especially that. now
0: or, in Hong Kong when there is like, Five hundred degrees.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah. weather is crazy. But the, even I mean, the, the same sort of insight and approach can uh, apply to all these different business problems as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Not just t-shirts. You into shirts, you yeah, know, Jaluka, and, and that would be um, you know, fantastic. It it
0: it's always trying to to give our our target right mm-hmm. our our reference something to think of. And and I think this is the essence of what we discussed. So if you're interested in this small exercise, you can download it at glc.live. And thank you, Michael, for your inspiration.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad you have me on the on show. I'm, I'm really glad to be involved with this. And I think I really love this template. I'm going to download it right away. Right away? <laughs> yes. Oh, fantastic. Well, i going to change the conversation of, you know, people want more sales into in other. <laughs> Um, problem so if
0: if i want to recap our conversation in three key points and correct me if i'm wrong michael so designers now are becoming an integral part of the decision process the decision making process and this is what makes a design-centric company okay. slash looking at the user right mm-hmm. putting the user at the center right? exactly so that that's number one and i would say user is number two so number one <laughs> is designers are at the center of the conversations from yes. the beginning they're they they, they they, like a the touch bearer they need to that, be yeah. part of the conversation yes. fr- from the inception from the strategy of a company right yes number two is centering the user, and by centering the user means also using a conversation. We said design thinking, I love this. Design thinking is only a conversational tool that help us to understand maybe this user better, to understand our company better. And and it's a conversation start and it doesn't need to be this absolute Magic wand or or the the secret formula, but but it is a conversation starter because if we don't talk about it, you know, we mm-hmm. cannot ignore the problem. We need to talk about the hard problems as well.
1: Exactly, it's it's a conversation starter as well as a conversation anchor because it mm-hmm. anchors with what the user wants. Mm-hmm. So as very always. F- and the last one
0: yeah. that I that I loved was number 3 is design the business design is discovery and this discovery needs to start from the inward instead of outwards so it's it's beautiful i i i talk about this when i talk about trust in the book and i say that trust cannot be given to us it needs to be earned but to do so, we have to start by showing that we are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So, which is, a, is is exactly what you managed to, uh, to say in, in simple words, which is start from the inward. What you can do for the Others, user yes. or, or the company instead of what the company should do against the competition. Exactly. I, think, <laughs> I think we've wrapped it up really well. So, Michael, if we want to find you, where should we find you?
1: Oh, well, you can definitely go on LinkedIn, look at Michael Town. And, well, that's probably only one Michael Town with IBM iX. So uh, you can find me there. And I would love to uh, have more conversations with anyone who's interested in design, business design, design thinking. And I think it's important we have these conversations together, all of us together, because there's such a big market for us to educate um, the rest of the world.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. And Thank you, Gianluca. I'm happy and uh, I hope you enjoy <laughs> the show.
1: I really love it. Thank you.
0: GLC Live is produced by Gary Moran. Special thanks to Michael Tam and IBM IX. I'm Gianluca Cinque Palmi. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. For references and links, please visit glc.live